This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Monday the 12th of February. In your Squiz today, a supercharged Super Bowl kicks off this morning. Israel to invade the city of Rafa. Pakistan's election turns up two winners. And the Opals are off to the Olympics. This is your Squiz today. America's football grand final, the Super Bowl, is upon us this morning. And let's be honest, Siobhan, we are talking about it today because Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, is playing for the Kansas City Chiefs as their tight end. Yes, and that really is the name of his position, Alex. (laughs) Now, there's been weeks of speculation over whether Swift would make it to Las Vegas in time following her Tokyo Stadium concert. And anyone worried about that can breathe out because she landed yesterday today. But there's still a game of football to play with the Chiefs playing off against the San Francisco 49ers who are going in as the favourites. And look, I am not a huge American football fan, but now is the perfect time for us to dive into the wild world of the sport. Because Siobhan, some of the numbers flowing around this game are really, really mind-boggling. Yeah, they really are, Alex. So players on the winning teams get bragging rights, of course, but they also get to take home a bonus of US $164,000. That's on top of their salaries. And then there are estimates that over 100 million Americans will be watching the game at home, which is about a third of the US population. And that's not even counting the people overseas like us. Those huge audience numbers mean that the advertising money spent on this event is through the roof. Each 30-second ad slot costs about $7 million US dollars, with the entire game set to rake in nearly $1 billion in advertising for Paramount, who just so happens to own the TV rights. Good for them. And we'll be sure to link to some of the better Super Bowl ads in tomorrow's Squiz Today newsletter. So do make sure you're subscribed to that. And if you want to watch the Super Bowl unfold here in Australia, including the halftime show from Usher, you can tune in to Channel 7 from 10.30am Australian Eastern Time. Keeping the focus overseas, Siobhan, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said he plans to launch a ground assault of the Gazan city of Rafah, one of the few places in the Strip that hasn't yet been invaded. And because of that, Alex, it's also the city where half of Gaza's 2.3 million people are currently seeking shelter. So it's easy to understand why the threat of an incoming invasion has caused concern, not just among those currently in Rafah, but also world leaders such as Germany's Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbach, who says that Palestinians simply cannot disappear into thin air. Egypt has also said that its peace treaty with Israel would be at risk if Israel does invade that area. Egypt also said that Palestinians being pushed across the border into Egypt would similarly threaten that peace treaty. The US has also warned Israel, saying that a Rafah invasion would be a, quote, disaster. 
We talked a lot last week about Pakistan's general election, especially given that former Prime Minister and cricket star Imran Khan was jailed in advance of that vote. But it seems like there's more of the story to go, since the results turned up no clear winner. The favourite heading into the vote on Thursday was another former Prime Minister called Nawaz Sharif, who was hoping to become the Prime Minister for the fourth time. But his party only won around 74 seats compared to Imran Khan's party, which has a total of about 97 seats. There's a couple of seats still to be called. Now, neither of those parties got a majority, which led to the strange outcome of both Sharif and Khan declaring that they were the winners. Although Khan's victory speech was a bit different, Alex. Well, yes, because he is still in jail, his victory announcement was delivered by an AI-generated video of himself. As for what is next, the powerful military in Pakistan has called for, quote, maturity and unity as both leaders try to form a coalition government. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. Speaking of politics, Siobhan, but on the very other end of the spectrum, former Deputy Prime Minister Barnaby Joyce has spoken about that video of him lying on the ground late on a Wednesday night. Yes, Barnaby's called the incident very embarrassing. And if you haven't seen the video, it's of him lying on his back on a Canberra street fully in a suit while talking on a mobile phone, Mm. saying some quite naughty words. (laughs) Um, Apparently, he'd just fallen off a planter box that he'd been sitting on. Now, a lot of people have questioned why the person who filmed him or anyone else who walked by didn't help him up, which seems a fair question. It's a bit mean to leave him there. (laughs) And as for the politics, on Friday, the PM Anthony Albanese wasn't biting when he was asked to comment on the incident. Yes, but Albanese changed tack slightly yesterday, saying that people would, quote, look for an explanation that has some credibility and they'll look for leadership from senior coalition figures. Now, the House of Representatives is back in session today and Joyce is going to have to explain himself in front of his National Party colleagues at a meeting scheduled for this morning. To his colleagues, he has blamed a mix of medications and alcohol on his behaviour, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Great news for Aussie basketball over the weekend, with our women's team, the Opals, qualifying for the Paris Olympics with an absolute thumping of the Germans. Oh, it was so good, Alex. They beat (laughs) Germany 85 points to 52, not even close. Now, that means the Opals will be heading to their eighth consecutive Olympic Games. And it also means that the pressure is off their final qualifying game, which is against Serbia this morning. Now, Opal's captain Tess Madgen scored 15 points, while basketball legend Lauren Jackson came out of retirement to help the Opals through the qualifiers, and she scored nine points. But after the match, she said she's done with international basketball and won't be accompanying the Opals to Paris. But... She has retired before, Alex, so who knows? (laughs) Look, Siobhan, she has also already got three silver medals and one bronze from the Olympics, so that might be enough for now. 
Coach Sandy Brondello says she is happy to have the qualification of the Opals behind her and said, quote, now we need to put our eyes towards Paris. Squiz the day, Siobhan. What is on today? Well, apart from the Super Bowl at 10.30am Sydney time, it's also the 2024 World Surfing Lead Championship Tour, and that's happening in Hawaii. So some surf and turf options for you, Alex. (laughs) Very nicely done. And that is it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great start to the week, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.